Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. What I kind of want to talk about is what I see in the mornings and kind of give you an idea of how I put together shows in the mornings. I put together a show at night, and then I put together a show in the morning, and I, I kind of merged the two. At night, it's more about strategy. It's more about you know big picture, China, U.S., uh, Trump taxes, uh, political reform, situations along those lines. In the morning, it's a lot of breaking news. For instance, this is what I'm seeing today. Amazon received another price target increase, this time to a street high of $3,700 over at Cowan. Now, it's only at $3,250, so if you want an easy $450, it seems like all it does is move higher. The amount of money Bezos and uh, his ex-wife, McKinsey, who he basically gave half the stock to, eh, not quite, but... The amount of money they've made this year, the amount of money this year just in the COVID times, it's staggering $50 billion plus. Okay, so that's one headline. And again, that's just a price target increase. Nothing changed. Amazon didn't come up with pills to make me lose weight. Amazon didn't come up with pills to grow hair on my head. Just a price target up. A lot of momentum there. Hewlett Packers is going to acquire Silver Peak. And I just say, who cares? In large part, I'm not doing a tech show. So if I was doing a tech show, I'd tell you Hewlett-Packard is still relevant because they're kind of the poor man's IBM, which is kind of interesting because I think that's a, uh, going to be an insult one day to refer to someone as a poor man. You can't say that on air. You need to go to HR. Soon I'm not going to be able to say anything on air, just so you know. That's how I feel. <clears throat> And all the changes good. So Daniel Ives is out there. Oh, wait, wait, did I finish the silver? Okay, so I'm not going to talk about HP. And I don't, there's so many other choices in investing. Hewlett Packard Enterprises, it's okay. So would you compare them to like an EDS? Would you compare them to uh, a poor man's IBM? Oh, you can't say poor man's anymore because that's an insult to people who are poor. Uh, they didn't choose to be that way. <clears throat> so choke people, getting sarcastic again, reel it in black, reel it in. But HP is just, eh. I'll see it and I'll go, eh. Then El Polo Loco today reformulated their plant-based chicken alternative and certified it as vegan. <clears throat> A couple of years ago, I would have laughed at that story. Now, I'm not going to stretch far enough to say, ooh, El Polo Loco, uh, the crazy chicken, or the fast chicken. I don't know my Spanish. I'm horrible. But um, oh, loco. I just like saying it. Coming up with a certified vegan angle. 
it's pretty interesting <clears throat> on the sense of uh, millennials. So, it, yeah, I, I could see that playing into the millennials. Absolutely. Um, I think I told you once when a, a friend who, when she'd order orange juice, she'd say, is it fresh squeezed? Like she would not drink any orange juice that wasn't fresh squeezed. She was obsessed with saying that like 35 times to make sure the uh, waiter didn't bring us out something from a box. <clears throat> And she is the future of retail. Okay, so going through some more headlines. El Polo Loco, okay, I, I see that. I see all the appeal there. I'll talk about it just because you and I can talk about it. How about this one? This just broke in the last hour. Walt Disney's Hong Kong Disneyland is closing again due to the outbreak of COVID-19. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Now you're saying that's Hong Kong, Rob. As Trump would say, that's where the – no, I'm not going to say – I'm not going to repeat his racism. <clears throat> OK, so Disney Hong Kong shutting down. There's no way I can sugarcoat this and say that's good news. There's no way. You know, when it slowly reopened, we're like, OK, they're slowly reopening. I see a lot of masks, Minnie Mouse ma- – somehow Disney profit, right? They sell face masks with Minnie Mouse on them. That will be $30. $30, give me the money for the mask. You want Minnie Mouse on it, they'll give you a Minnie Mouse mask, $30. Like, that's a little high for a mask. And it is. So, <clears throat> that's not good news. Because this weekend we turned on the news, and I did. And I saw there was no social distancing in, in Florida. Um, Disney should have come up with a chance to sell six-foot-long Mickey Mouse ears to keep people up. But no. And then you see a record number of uh, infections and you see hospitals strained in Arizona and hospitals strained in Florida because people wanted to reopen, wanted to go to parties, wanted to wash, not wash their hands, wanted to be arrogant and it backfired. Do I think Florida Walt Disney is going to shut down? I do. Only because it took a couple weeks, but China did. Hong Kong did. Uh, so that's my knowledge of viruses. I, I don't think they're doing it any better than us. And they tried to open it up and they couldn't. They knew it was there. They knew that science of staying in has been pretty effective on some levels. Again, effective, question mark. We're staying locked in our homes. Citigroup recommended um, going long on Qualcomm today and short on Intel. Which is good because I own shares of Qualcomm, all based on 5G. The crap I was telling you last year, that the poop I was spewing was like 5G at the end of 2020. It's going to be a thing. Plus the Xbox and the PlayStation, it's going to be a thing. Then COVID hit and we're like, I wonder if it's still going to be a thing. And slowly but surely companies have said, yeah, it's going to be a thing. But there's been some hiccups like Huawei who makes a lot of the infrastructure for 5G. Think of it as a lot of the... um, telecommunication servers and stations that go up on poles and relay centers and things like that. They make a lot of the guts of 5G. <clears throat> but 10 years ago, 20 years ago, companies like Huawei made their, their businesses by copying companies like Cisco, just flat out stealing code from the company. Now in the last five, 10 years, China's really put uh, an aggressive push on super institutions and, and super math. And I wish I was making up those terms, but their colleges are our, our colleges on steroids, maybe literally. Um, and Huawei's coming out with some real good technology. So all 
companies out of China. 10, 10, 20 years ago, they had to steal from American companies, the intellectual property. 10, 20 years from now, we're going to be wanting to steal theirs. Is the thought. So anyway, 5G is a thing, and Citigroup is saying, hey, we just saw Intel lose the crown of uh, semiconductor to NVIDIA. So we see a things are changing, and Qualcomm's a company that has a lot of upside because they settled their legal issues with Apple. Apple is hitting an all-time high every freaking fracking day. Why? Because of the 5G upgrade cycle? That's what we're being told. So an analyst coming out and saying, you know, hey, Qualcomm's a way of piggybacking, playing Apple. Now it's an obvious one. Everyone's going to know about it. Like the companies that are making the augmented reality lenses that are going to Apple's phones, a lot of people don't know the name of that company. I do, but I don't feel it relevant to, to talk a lot about it. But anyway, um, yeah, those are some of the headlines I look at on a daily basis. I see Moderna initiated with a buy at Brookline, $95 target. It's currently 62 That said, Israeli biotech that's trying to solve COVID. One analyst sees 30 to 40% upside right now. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Consult a worker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. It's so weird. I don't try to write out the next week of scripts. I just try to write out the next day of ideas. And I couldn't predict this market. I don't know if you ever bet on like football games or bet on like who's going to run faster. You kind of like have stuff to analyze. But short term, it's like it seems like we're just saying low interest rates are going to save the day. You'd almost think we would get there and then like start arguing like, oh, let's see how earnings season goes kind of thing. No, it's just as long as we got that cheaper uh, money, that seems to be what everyone wants. And I guess to be fair, the uh, government's talking about stimulus, another one trillion dollars and how Republicans and Democrats are going to have to work together on this one. The first three trillion was like, oh. We have to do this, and we'll do it for the good of the country. But the last one, as you're getting closer to the elections, it seems to be a little political. Space stocks. Um, Very hot, very sexy. I don't own any space stocks. I wish I owned SpaceX. I don't. They're not publicly traded. But uh, Branson's got the Virgin Galactic thing going. Um, and that stock is moving higher, kind of just as a play on space. Um, I was reading a New York Times article this weekend, pretty funny stuff about how arrogant we are as a world, that we have people rich enough that they could fuel their own run, they could fund it to the moon, to Mars. Like, we're looking at you, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, right? Jeff Bezos is watching you. This is a glorious day on Wall Street, and there's no explaining it. When I say glorious, I, I get sometimes Microsoft and Apple and Amazon are like the leaders, but like McDonald's is up 1.8%. What happened over the weekend that McDonald's is worth 1.8% more as a market cap? Okay, now there's some story stocks like Boeing. Last week, we heard a couple airlines say, you know, you can keep your stinking 737 jets. We'll make other plans. 
one of the ways that Boeing is able to sell their jets is that they have financing options where they can say, hey, if you want some jets, not only do we have them to sell them to you, but we'll give you the financing. So we'll give you our money so you can give us your money back. It's like, whoa, did he just say that? Tesla's up 13% today. I've never said anything stupid like I think Tesla's going to zero. I've never, ever, ever, never said anything stupid. I just don't own it. And do I look stupid for not owning it? Sure. Do I think it goes higher? Yeah. Do I still want to own it? No. It's not my kind of company. You know, let's go back to the race, not the racist 60s, but let's go back to the sexist 70s, shall we? Gentlemen prefer blondes. I think we all have something that, you know, we smile about. When it comes to stocks, that's not one for me. Um, Tesla is not one that catches my eye. Apple does. I've been playing with Apple's new operating system for the phone coming up this fall. And they have a picture-in-picture thing that's going to blow your mind because it's about freaking fracking time. So, for instance, if you're um, grocery shopping and you are trying to set a reminder, you can now use two applications inside. If you're watching horse racing and you want to see the odds, you can look at the odds while you see the horse racing up in the corner. Or if you want to tell your sister, oh, by the way, school starts back up. Let me look at my calendar on your FaceTime. You can keep the picture and picture on. You get, the, you know what picture and picture is. I don't have to explain this, but that's something that catches my eye, and I, I kind of want to invest in that. I want you to be careful with this concept, very, very careful, because I happen to want to invest in technology, which happens to be one of the most profitable businesses in the world. If you're like, well, my passion is like. Uh, uh, massaging silkworms because the more you massage them, the better silk comes out. And you're like, whoa, how can you invest in that? I do like tinker with um, the stocks that I own. Like, I own shares of Disney. You know how many times I've been to Disney? Let's take a guess. Let's take a guess. How many times has Rob been to Disney? Now, like, keep in mind at one point in time, I knew that I'd see, I, I used to count how many times I'd watch movies. And for some reason, when you're a 16-year-old boy, you watch horror movies. And 16-year-old boys who could say things like, hey, I've seen Friday the 13th, the original one, 14 times. They're not cool kids. But we think we are, right? So I don't go too much into the hobby and enthusiast thing. And I do want you to see, like, um, why you own a company. I own – okay, how many times have I been to Disneyland? I own shares of Disney. I plan to give the shares of Disney to my kids. I plan to never sell it. I'll make a little bit of a dividend along the way, but for I will own it for poops and giggles. I won't even look at the performance of it. I think in time it'll do well. But why do you own stocks? And, and how many times do you think I've been to Disney? The answer is zero. But I can't get away from their frozen. Let it go. Let it snow. I'm one with I can't get away from Hamilton. How many times have you watched it? I can't get away from all their products. It's in my face. Disney Plus is in my face. Tom Hanks, one of the most overrated actors of our time, but a, a gem of a jewel of an actor. Okay, I hate him. I hate him. Um... <clears throat> I know you're saying Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. But again, with Disney, I can't get away from it. I've never been to the parks. Now, again, there's some people like Warren Buffett. 
if you take a look at him, he owns shares of McDonald's. He eats McDonald's. He owns shares of Coca-Cola. He drinks Coca-Cola. He probably thinks Dr. Coke or Dr. Cherry Pepper or something like that. He has to be a little bit of a weirdo with it, right? Um, he kind of, you know, invests where he poops. I know that's kind of graphic, but uh, he's eating what what he he grows. Like I like that. Uh, at least I like the concept because then it stops you from getting into really strange investments. One of the stranger investments that I ever got into, or you could you could see how people get to strange investments. I I I've have I've got many that I've made mistakes on. But when you start going, oh yeah, there's this company that sells bicycles in China, and you're like, the next question is, have you ever been to China? It's like, no. And you're defending the business model of a company that sells bikes in China, and you've never been to China. You've never seen their bikes. That's when you start stretching yourself and sometimes getting in a little bit too deep. You know what I'm saying? Anyhow, big event coming up this week. New Focus gets back to marketing. We're going to be doing a webinar Thursday evening. You can hear about it during the commercials. You can learn more about it at newfocusfinancial.com. Getting back to normal, or are we going to shut down the marketing of webinars, too? Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Interesting times on Wall Street, right? Um, We're battling COVID hospitalizations deaths, um, testing versus reopening the economy versus, and again, I, you, you feel for people. I was talking to a restaurateur yesterday and she goes, California's going to shut us down again. They're getting ready to shut down our County again. Um, so there's gonna be this rolling attitude, which psychologically sucks. Um, I just want to know, do I have a chance? I just want to know, am I doing this? I just want to know, like, so this yes, no, yes, no. It, it changes a people have a real tough time with. AMC has reached an agreement to reduce debt by six hundred and thirty million. You can invest in AMC. I'm going to say go ahead. I don't give a poop if you want to do it, do it. But I think you're going to lose your money. Um, a lot of people during times like this, and I just had a conversation with another friend. Um, you know, he doesn't understand that how. You know, companies are valued. A difference between one million shares of a company at five dollars or five million shares at one dollar, it's the same exact thing. But when he sees the dollar, he's like, "Ooh, I can turn one dollar to two dollars a lot easier. I can turn five into ten. It's like the old, you know, someone who weighs a hundred pounds could add six percent body weight. Someone who weighs six hundred pounds, it's a little bit tougher to do it. That is fat as quite as fast. So AMC is going to have a flawed model, in my opinion, for a long period of time. But they had it before this. Your TVs are getting bigger and better. I've got a TV that when I look at, I go, I can't believe how good that looks. I don't go for the 100-inch Costco stuff. No, no, no. I'd much rather have a nice 50, 55, 60-inch great screen. Um, <clears throat> bigger's not better. But – I look at it and go, wow, I never have to the movie theater again. I would almost say it looks better. I probably am crazy, right? But I'm not looking for a cheap stock because <clears throat> that rarely is going to work out for you. Okay. Papa John's is fascinating. Here's a company I would consider investing in. 
just because I, I love Americans. Now, I'm not going to. I would, I'm always going to defer to something like a McDonald's over a Papa John's, but I could certainly make a case for it, right? So Papa John's, and this is the fun thing about doing what I do, is you get to make cases for it. I was sitting on the couch this weekend, <clears throat> and at one point in time, there's a commercial for uh, getting a pizza, and they're calling it the Shacaroni. And it's the big man himself, Shaquille O'Neal, having a shakaroni pizza, right? And you're like, that's kind of funny. That's actually cute marketing. He's had a, his whole career where he redeems things like Shaq Fu, Kung Fu into Shaq Fu. Um, cute, cute. But do you remember a couple years ago when the founder, John Shatner, used a racial slur on a national conference call? Lawsuits erupted, NFL players um, feuded with the company. There was the anthem, police brutality, black people, NFL, kneeling drama the United States got deep into. And Shatner goes on a conference call. Now, when I say Shatner, John Shatner, I'm not just saying William Shatner. I'm not talking Kirk. It's not Jim Kirk. Um, so activist investors moved in, get rid of the CEO, get rid of the founder who basically worked for Domino's in his career and just copied exactly what Domino's was doing, came up with the name Papa John's and turned into a multi, multi rich millionaire type of guy. So that's a stock that's got its mojo back. It's really kind of interesting where replacing John Shatner with Shaquille O'Neal has kind of well he didn't yeah, Shaquille O'Neal's not the CEO but you get the idea but with the vision of the company they're pretty huge numbers um, so everything fell apart and everything's been put back together and it's better than ever as far as the stock price at Papa John's it took three or four years to get back to where the numbers are really large and looking attractive again but they've done a nice job now part of it's been COVID we know that <clears throat> you can slap pizza, throw some sauce on it, some cheese, put it in the oven. In the oven, 350 degrees, 400 degrees, 500 degrees, a million degrees, whatever it is, it's probably going to kill the germs, right? And that's what we think. Then we're going to pull it out with a slider, put it in a box. Nothing's going to get touched. They're going to put a sticker on it so the driver can't eat your toppings while he's driving it to your house. I know you're saying that's disgusting. It happens. Um... Gets to your house and you're like, ta-da, food, dinner for the kids, and it's it's COVID free. Everyone's a winner. Um, that COVID's really helped kind of pizza delivery services. So anyhow and anyway, I'm digressing. Uh, just I think it's a good story to see, you know, just to see if it applies to you and your portfolio. You would have had to wait three or four years <laughs> to get made even if you had invested in the stock. But had you been opportunistic and bought more when it was down, it would have been a faster return maybe. There's also a good story inside that where John Shatner served as the company's CEO and chairman. <clears throat> he still remains to this day one of the top 10 shareholders. So by ousting him, it's actually worked out financially for him. <clears throat> but I know he's had a lot of identity problems and lawsuit issues with the company. It brings up the question on companies that have founders, and I can think of one immediate that comes to mind. I, I can actually think of two. 
Dorsey at Twitter and Square and Zuckerberg at Facebook. I know you're saying John Shatner is not those guys. Well, I think there is something to be said where you can come up with an idea, you can start the idea, you can launch the idea, you can IPO the idea. And at some point in time, Sergey Brin walks away from Google and turns over the, the reins to someone else. At some point in time, Steve Jobs, you know, hands the reins over literally on his deathbed, right? <clears throat> So it brings up the whole success failure starts at the top, but it also brings up the idea of uh, can your CEO grow into a bigger role or are they like a startup great? I'm pretty sure John Shatner did a great job starting up <clears throat> Papa John's and we say congratulations to that. But when it got too big, it, do you remember how weird it was at one point in time we looked on the Super Bowl? And on the field, there is Papa John's running with the Super Bowl MVP, Peyton Manning. And they're carrying a cardboard pizza box together. Something like that is like, this got a little weird. Maybe the, maybe the company, maybe the rules outgrows out them. Because the downfall is a pretty dramatic story. But again, it shows you um, CEOs. As a publicly invested company, where's your CEO's role? And are they kind of like front... <clears throat> Man, or are they more of a operations guy? Tim Cook was the operations guy for a long time. Setting up the factories in Asia, setting up the supply chain in Asia. He was the man before he became the spokesman for Apple. So when he took over, we knew he probably wasn't going to have the flair of Steve Jobs in quarterly calls. But we knew he could do the job from an operation standpoint, and we've been patient with a personality standpoint, and he's done pretty well with it. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Gilead Science is in the news. Um, this weekend, again, it was shown on some testing that Remsevir is doing well to stopping people from dying of COVID. Again, we don't know if it's a brain-eating disease, and in 10 years from now, whoops, we didn't see that coming. We don't know, but Gilead Science with Drimnistvir seems to be in a pretty good place. Um, Pfizer and BioNTech, um, both publicly traded. Pfizer is kind of a big, fat pharmaceutical company. Like They've got many, many, many drugs out there. So one's not going to make or break them in theory, whereas a BioNTech, ticker symbol BNTX, if they don't get that one product, they may go out of business in years to come as they pay scientists money to find cures. They need to sh come up with some cures. That's the simple idea, is it not? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Tesla's rocking higher today on theory that they could be rumored to be added to the SP 500. What that would work well with, just... I have a friend who's like, oh, I want to short Tesla. It's just going too far too fast. It just it makes no sense when you take a look at their stock value versus their earnings. You're like, whoa, <clears throat> this is being – we're really thinking Tesla is going to be a big thing. Um, they've reduced the price of their Model Y SUV by $3,000. They've cut prices the Model 3, Model S, Model X up to $5,000 in May. They're <clears throat> that's a good thing and a bad thing. If you can get your product in more people's hands behind the wheel – good um but you're gonna be sacrificing short-term margins and are you sacrificing short-term 
profitability. So anyhow, um, the tax deductions, the incentives and the gas savings um, become less attractive um, as politicians wrestle with, well, they're a big company. They're 10th most valuable company in the world. Like they can do their own thing. They're 10th most valuable company in the United States. They don't need incentives. So as they get more successful, it's going to get a little bit tougher. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Big webinar coming up this week. Hear it during the commercial. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We're kicking off the second half of the year. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. He and I will be doing a webinar later this week. I don't have content from you yet, Chad, but what are you here to talk about today? Webinar, second half of the year, what do we got? Uh, yeah, so some of the main points of the event. Um, I'll give you three and then we can talk about them in whatever order you want. We got In terms of retirement planning and how do you draw from a portfolio, one is that averaging out of a portfolio is not good enough. So in our 401ks, every two weeks, we're averaging into the market, right? Sometimes we're buying, most of the time we're buying higher because the stock market is positive about 70% of the time. 30% of the time, though, every two weeks, we're getting better prices on stocks or bonds, right? But averaging out of a portfolio isn't good enough. And the reason why is because you want to make sure that you have enough cash and the way that you pull income from your portfolio and the way that you rebalance has to make it last through corrections like one we, that we've just had, like 08, 09, like 2000 through 2002. So averaging out isn't good enough. Retirement costs more now as a result of all the stimulus. Um, and we may, we may look more and more at bond alternatives as we go through retirement planning going forward. <clears throat> retirement costs more because of stimulus. What does that mean, and how, how can people do anything about that? Well, <clears throat> the, the issue is, the biggest issue is, is that I'm not worried about stocks, Rob. In you know, okay. 15, 20-year cycles, I still think we average 10%, 11%, just like we always have, right? Okay. And that's, you're, you're retired for you know, somewhere between 25 to 35 years, depending on your health. So I'm not worried about the long-term performance expectations for stocks, but bonds, interest rates stay at a certain level for a period of time because bonds get issued, you know, somewhere between, you know, five and 30 years. And so what bonds you own makes a difference. And the bonds that we all own these days are paying about a quarter of what people used to earn on bonds prior to 2007, prior to the first big round of stimulus, Fed intervention, and interest rates dropping to the historic lows that we see now. So traditionally, people used to invest 40% stock, 60% bonds. That all swapped. It was more like 60-40 is more the average these days. And of the 40%, your income is about a quarter of what it used to be in, in many cases. So that means what rates you're using to assume how long your money is going to last, it has to come down a little bit. So there's a slide that I use in a lot of presentations that gives example of a portfolio that needs a certain amount of income each year. And in this case, it's, uh, I assume 
I go through this full example on the webinar, um, a person needs $125,000 a year. It's a good, good amount of money for the Bay Area, right? That's, that's a Bay Area example. They're getting 25000 from Social Security, so they need hundred grand from their portfolio to last from age 65 to 100 at a, at a basic rate of return, a conservative estimate so you don't run out of money too soon. And based on what portfolios used to earn when they had, when interest rates on bonds were higher versus now it costs this person $130,000 more. They need 130 grand more in their portfolio, Rob, to support that same standard of living as these previous examples that we used to use prior to all of the stimulus. Um, so no, I'm not saying rates might improve sometime in the future, but you know, in the next five to 10 years, I don't think we're going to see rates return to where they were in 2007 anytime soon. So let's talk about that a little bit. I know in retirement, a lot of people in when we were children, Chad, we saw like, oh, I bet I'll own a lot of bonds in retirement. I never really thought about bonds. I thought about government bonds when I was a baby. Some people give them as gifts for a baby shower. But I thought there was going to be a how should we be looking at bonds in retirement and bond alternatives now as an introduction? And we've got about two minutes. Well, yeah, so bonds in retirement, you still need them, even though they're not paying as much, you still need them because that provides that cushion when there is a downturn. It gives you something to uh, live off of in terms of some income. But if there's a downturn in stocks, bonds, especially the more intermediate and longer term government bonds will go up in value, you know, as people fly to safety. And so it gives you something to be able to sell and either live off of it or sell and buy more stocks when stocks dip. So it still provides that, that powder that you need to get through the tough times or to have something, if you're not pulling money from your portfolio yet, a um, little something to sell so that, man, when stocks go on sale by 20 or 30%, instead of freaking out and going to cash on everything, you should be trying to find something you can trim to go buy more stocks. Or if you need to live, and you haven't saved enough cash on the sidelines, you use your bonds as that source of income instead of selling stocks and locking in your losses. Because the stock market's gonna take really good care of you over time unless you sell because you panic or unless you sell because you have to put food on the table. Any last thoughts on active rebalancing and say <clears throat> averaging out of a stock or a position? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it all comes down to, I mean, first of all, going into retirement with more than you know, three or 4% in a single stock is, that's a lot of danger. So you definitely want to average out of that. Um, in, in terms of active rebalancing, you're always keeping an eye on that three years worth of portfolio draws in cash and figuring out how to wait, a way to keep it at that level so that you can get through the, the tough times. And once you get that plan in place, it feels really good and it makes retirement a lot easier. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's got a podcast that you can subscribe to easily. Uh, a new way of listening to it, the podcast page at newfocusfinancial.com has been updated. Um, it looks attractive. So you can find out more by going there. Their webinar this week, um, lots of stuff going on, of course, taking new clients. And hopefully, I think without getting dramatic, I, and I don't want to get dramatic here, we have to start thinking about alternatives in retirement now. It just that's where we're at. Not the, the way mom and dad retired is going to be different than the way you and I retire. And the way I thought I was going to retire 20 years ago is different than it is today. <laughs> so throwing that out there. 
try to stay as open-minded as you can. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Markets are doing their thing again. It's it's a weird teeter-totter of, on one hand, um, the economy is open back up, not as strong as it was, but it's open back up. On the other hand, COVID issues. So that's what we're going through. Earnings season starts this week. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 